Welcome to the Next of the Hub, the TV series hub podcast. Join us to explore the entertainment galaxy in this new feature made with love from fans and for fans. If you like debates, neck talks, and to be well informed about TV and film, this is the podcast for you. From Nerds to Nerds. Alright, welcome to Nerks of the Hub. Our normal host has been captured by BPO, <laughs> but don't worry, they'll be okay. They were last seen speaking to somebody from Lilo's Cluster. I'm sure we'll find them. <laughs> okay. I'm your host for the day. I'm Heaven, and I'm also joined by Uber. Hello. And our very special guest, Maximilien. Thank you for having me. So we are both big time sensies. And we can't help but start with a little bit of Sense8 chat, if that's all right with you. Sure. <laughs> I'm going to pass this one off to Uber. She's really excited to ask you a couple questions. Okay, so I totally am. I'm a huge fan. <laughs> so I wanted to discuss uh, something that really resonated with me every time I've seen, uh, done a, a watch through. And that is how Meats is just so completely involved so completely invested in Nomi's story she never questions it she's always there she is uh, she supports her uh, emotionally she supports her physically she runs to the rescue there's never any kind of moment where she questions her and wonders if she's you know uh, lost her mind or lost focus never and it's so clear and you're like wow I've never really seen a character who is so completely in. There's never that doubt. Where did she get that from? And then we meet mom. (laughs) (laughs) And I just wanted to touch on how I feel that uh, Meeks was so informed as a character by mom and how she imparted that on her and kind of get your input on uh, and your insight on, on your character and how she played that role for Meeks. Okay, so, well, I would think, first of all, that Meeks grew up in this commune where there were all kinds of people and lots of uh, discussion and politics and (laughs) interacting with people who are different, other people. Um, And um, I think her mom was... Grace was always there for her, always guiding her and helping her trust in herself. And Grace also, as she says, she's a person who believes there's more going on in this world that we don't understand than all the things we do. And that is, I think that's key. It's always having an open mind. And, you know, she read a lot. They Obviously, she was a very avid reader, and she thought for herself. She was very smart um, and informed. And um, I think her mom taught her how really to do, use her critical thinking. And, you know, she may have, um, Neats may have um, initially, like, you know, had some doubts or questioned it, but Maybe she did research on it and talked to her mom about it and just think, you know, let's just have an open mind, support her and go on the ride and see what 
what we learn all together. I mean, I hadn't really, I mean, I've touched on that question some, but you went a little deeper. So thank you. And um, I don't know, does that answer your question or do you want me to try and dig more? (laughs) (laughs) No, that was, that was perfect. I just, I, I think it is so important. Now, when parents invest themselves and are able to impart such crucial life truths, uh, and it's clear that, uh, Neeps picked that up and ran with it and took it on to her generation, to her life and, and, uh, took those lessons to the next level, if you will. Yes. And, um, I'm also just thinking a little bit deeper for, because I'm thinking about myself, you know, I would certainly question things that maybe Grace didn't, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, I think I would do a lot of research on my own without, you know, there's so much information out there and find out all the different possibilities. And I mean, but Grace's beliefs were so there. I mean, she even says, you know, if you weren't hearing voices at some point, at least once in your lifetime, there was something wrong. <laughs> remember. And to me, that's kind of like, you know, I, I don't know how to say it. If you explore, if you have an exploring mind and you, and you, and I'm sure Grace did, you know, you go out past our senses, that there's a whole other world past our five or six senses, whatever. <laughs> that we don't use, that we don't know. There's a whole world that we don't know. We can't trust, you know, if we just trust what we see and hear, well, we know we don't always hear the truth. We know what we see can be very, uh, you know, it's like, it's a Buddhist teaching. Like if you see a cup with a handle, you hold it this way. I don't have one. And you see that it has a handle. You turn it this way. Oh, it doesn't have a handle. So it depends on the angle. So, and also the microscopic world, we can't see it with our eyes. You'd have to have, and there was a time when people didn't know of the microscopic world. There was a time when people didn't know that you had to wash your hands because the germs, you know, women were dying in childbirth for centuries because doctors went from one woman to the other without washing their hands. They didn't know that there was such a thing as germs that could kill you. Mm -hmm. So. They didn't know that people believed the world was flat. And there evidently there are some people today who still think that. <laughs> so people kind of, yeah, I guess people kind of believe what they want to believe. But um, I think it's a very it's an interesting topic to explore. But I yeah. think that uh, Grace and Neats were highly intelligent and, and, use their critical thinking and just kept very open minds. So it's definitely nice to be able to see that perspective and recognize how many perspectives there are. Like you said, with the cup turn one direction or another. There's one other thing I wanted to suggest about hearing voices. (laughs) Um, (laughs) there's 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 a series of books called conversations with God. I don't know if you've heard of it. And I read it a number of years ago. It was really interesting, and I can't remember how I got introduced to it. But it was this guy who 
who had all these questions and he just started writing to God and, and these answers came to him. It's kind of like Joan of Arc, you know, it's like, you know, you have, we have to be careful with that. But <laughs> if you listen to what he's saying, it's almost like our intuition, our, we have this higher intelligence that can answer, you know, if we ask and then we have to, trust there's this inner voice that's that's powerful and knows and he had a lot of really interesting questions and anger at god you know why this and the answers that came were really they weren't crazy they weren't you know they were pretty pretty interesting and you know it's not like like you know people who hear voices oh i gotta go out and kill these people because they say i gotta do it well i don't know you know there was uh what's her name uh, Joan of Arc. So I don't know. We could go on a lot about this, but I think there is one always has to be careful, but um, in what you believe. I feel like but, though, if you give your sounds like what you're saying, if you give the space to allow that answer to manifest, right? That you know, without just having the question and then being mad about it and leaving it there write it down, mm. actually think about it, give yourself the exactly. open ability to come to a conclusion on your own. And the questions that came to this guy were really good. They were really sensible, you know, and they weren't punitive, you know, like some people choose to believe in a really punitive God. I mean, you know, so. <laughs> There's a lot of choice so, in life. There is a lot of choice, and I just I know I don't, I could go on just <laughs> want, but I remember having a really interesting conversation with a young Chinese man in a bookstore. I went to get a book for a friend of mine who's a little girl, and she's a very avid reader, and I wanted to get historical fiction, and he didn't quite know what it was, and I explained, and he went and got a book, and we started talking, and he was like new to the United States, and. He really wanted, he got into some kind of church and he was very confused about, because in China, I guess they're told what to believe. You, you know, they don't, you know, they, you don't get a lot of information. You're told this is it and, and that's it. So they don't, they're not really taught a lot of critical thinking. So mm -hmm. evidently, even though they're really smart, but he was new to this like idea that you could believe anything you want. And it's like, mm -hmm. He was like, and I could see how lost you can be if you're not used to that. It's like really scary. And I do, did say, you know, well, be careful. <laughs> you know, be careful. <laughs> so it is, it's a very tricky terrain. Well, that's a very mm. interesting story that you chose to tell because it's such the polar opposite of Nate's growing up. And you really yes. do see when you're, when you're taught from the very beginning that you have choice and to please explore that versus the exact opposite where this is how it is. There is no choice. You do what we say. And that's all there is to it. And, and I saw how, how he was excited because he also said, you know, his parents, his family wanted him to be like a lot of people. They want them to go into business or, you know, something that's going to make a lot of money. But he mm -hmm. was, he was discovering that he wanted to be an artist. And that was not going to sit well with his family. <laughs> so it's like I could see he was really, really struggling. And I just thought, 
that must be really interesting and scary to suddenly think you you have to think for yourself. <laughs> and he wanted so badly to believe in this what this church was teaching him about Jesus Christ and you know, I don't I don't know. So I just said I don't know. <laughs> just Hey, sometimes it's hard to believe in yourself even when you're not growing up in as harsh of an environment oh, yeah. as he did. When you are in a place where freedom is available <laughs> to you. Sometimes it's yeah. even hard then to believe and trust in yourself. Absolutely. I find it really interesting. I'm, I know you've been asked this one before for sure, but I love seeing the, the best of parallels between you as an individual and the character that you played. I'm, I'm sure there's differences in there for sure, but I mm -hmm. can just see and feel in the interactions you have with fans and the interviews that you do, just, it, just what an amazing human you are, such a loving and understanding and I know you're not the same person as Grace, but it's really heartwarming to see how close you follow, at least on the best of Grace, I think. Thank you. I guess that's not Thank really a you. question. <laughs> no, um, no I, I appreciate that. And, and she has gotten under my skin, for sure. Has she now? Playing, yeah. I mean, I was already, you know, there's a lot that we have in common. But she, playing Grace expanded my mind even more. Did it? Um, mm. Yeah, I think it did. I think it did. I mean, she was obviously, you know, a child of the 60s. And I was in also, although I was young, and I was, you know, what, 67? I was 14. I turned 14 in 1967. So I was young. But... But I still was exposed to a lot before that. And um, I had a very artistic um, mother who exposed us to a lot. And what was I saying? Why am I going on about this? Um, your similarities oh, with Grace and how she expanded your yeah. self. Uh, well, the, yeah, she just... Really, I think just being involved with Sensei, not just playing Grace, but being with the Wachowskis and just the 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 love and the, the energy working with them was so profoundly different and something I crave. Because you know, I mean, I've we've we've all worked in environments where it's not always pleasant, right? Right, and. It was so loving and warm and everybody was so kind. And I'm like, wow, you can really have this, you know, but you, you know, they pick their people very carefully. So, and I want to get along with everybody. I like to get along with everybody. So it's, I mean, this is opening up a whole different thing, but it was, it just really, it really um, gave me, more faith in humanity nice. because I guess that's where I can be a little I can be quite different from Grace sometimes don't I can have a little darker side and I get very um, 
I can feel very hopeless sometimes. That will get me into the politics, which we can talk later. Well, that's, you're human, right? You, you experience the range of emotions. One, one can't be one particular thing all the time. Right. And, and I embrace that. I think it's okay to experience all of that. Absolutely. And some, some people don't. It's like, just always put on a positive face. Always be a positive. It's, well, your explanation of how it was different with Sensei is very similar to my experience with going to Burning Man. It changed the way I saw the world as a whole. So mm-hmm. to me, that really resonates exactly how you put that. And I can only imagine not having done any acting, how that would feel in that arena specifically, uh, especially considering the stereotypes, if you will, that uh, are with Hollywood in general and things like that. Do you still keep in contact with many people that you met through Sensei? Um, yes, actually. Um, I have pretty good communication with Lana's wife, Karen, and um, Paul Ogala. He's actually, the, of the, all the cast members, he's the one I became closest to. Aww. <laughs> and even though we never worked together, we were, we, uh, I can't we connected on Twitter and then on Messenger and we talked about some things that had to do with um you know working on the show and we talked we called each he called we called each other <laughs> and I had never met him and I finally met him in Paris and um but he's the one I have the most contact with of the cast wow well, of course, Bug, Michael, because he oh. lives here, and we're at the same agency. So, of course, I've known mm-hmm. Michael. We've done commercials together and stuff like that. Oh. Um, I've gotten to know Sandra, uh, who plays Nomi's mom, mm-hmm. who's very different, very different from Janet. <laughs> um, very different. Um, and... Uh, let's see, who else? Well, of course, a lot. I mean, the fans, that's been an amazing experience for me. I have to say just the love and support from the fans. I I mean, I've never had that experience before. I mean, I've never been in anything this, this uh, popular and so, uh, you know, known all over the world. And um, I'd never been on Twitter before I was on this, so that you know, I mean, I I struggle with with um, with online stuff. It's like I, it's a love hate thing, you know. As we all have, it's like so annoying. Sometimes I just want to say, just stop. I want to unplug. I want to go back to old telephones. This is crazy. It makes me so stressed out sometimes when it doesn't work the way you want it to. But do it, working on this, I kind of dove into this world that I didn't know, like Twitter. And it just was like, there was so much love and support for it, for the show, first of all. And that's when I go, wow, this, they're going to, this show, they're, people are loving this show. You know, we, a lot of people, we didn't know how people were going to take to it, you know? So I didn't know, but I had a hunch. I had a hunch it was going to be well seen, but I started seeing how people on Twitter were reacting and going, wow, this is really amazing. And um, 
I was one of the very fortunate people to get the ticket to Chicago and the VIP pass. I'm even starting to cry now because I remember not really being able to talk. (laughs) And I never have had the feeling (laughs) of being starstruck like that before. And you were so kind. And you just gave me a hug right away. And, you know, and kept talking there. You were just almost being swarmed (laughs) by people. And it, you're just, it was just really cool. And I feel like, I don't know, I just feel so fortunate to have had the chance to do that. And I feel, I think that's going to lead us right into a question Uber wanted to ask you as well. But seeing you interact with people that way makes a difference. And I, and I just want to say, I remember meeting you. Oh. I remember. I totally remember that moment. I remember you were crying. And I just, and I just, you know, it just opens my heart too. And I've had this experience every time I meet fans. It's just, it's, I mean, I, my, I get chills again. It's just, I mean, it's, uh, and it's exactly kind of what the, a conversation, as you, you've probably heard in interviews about the internet, is what gave the Wachowskis this idea. You know, it's how it, how it brings us together, but also divides us, you know? I mean, it's like when we're on our cell phone and we're not with the person we actually are with physically, we're not with them. And we're like, but it's like, stop, stop, you know? <laughs> so it's a whole other world. And working on the mural, I had to go deeply into online stuff when I really just wanted to run away because it's so stressful, but I did it and I'm happy. I did it. So learning, it's a learning curve. Right, right. Well, I wanted to touch on the the fan interactions because that's okay. It's okay to cry. Crying is great. Actually. That's right. You Watch know, is, what it's great. Cry all you want. And Go they're happy it. tears. I just feel you know I feel grateful that I'm in a position to do this and get to chat with you and help you share such awesome things that you were able to learn and do as well. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> happy tears. <Yeah>. Happy tears. <laughs> Okay, so so kind of building on that, um, what is, I, I guess I want you to share, if you could, some of your favorite fan interactions, mm-hmm. uh, both online and offline. Feel free to go into depth about how awesome Heaven is, because she's awesome. <laughs> <Stop> <laughs> <it>. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, well, probably my first, well, here... It was when, you know, after the show um, first started, a few times here in San Francisco, I, people would recognize me from the show, and that had never happened before. <laughs> that was just astounding. It's like, are you insane? And I'm going, yes. Somebody <laughs> I worked, just like, and they work with hundreds of people, and things like, they recognized me from that. <laughs> And that blew me away. And then I, the pet store where I go to get food for my animals, this young man recognized me. And he, he's an actor himself. And he worked with Toby at the San Jose Shakespeare before season two came out. And he was saying, yeah, I worked with Toby. Toby's, they did a lot of Shakespeare together. And he had just gotten the job. Toby had and mm-hmm. and I'm like 
Wow. And so Luis is Bond and he lives in my neighborhood. What a cool connection. So, and he's a budding wow. actor himself. He's an actor himself. And then just, I mean, it's just been a trip. Every, I've, and then um, for the mural, I went to Pride, as you know, and there were a lot of people who'd come up and recognize me there. Of course, I'm promoting the mural and everything. And on the, the ride home on BART, on our subway system, there was a guy who had um, an I Am Also We shirt on and an eight on his cheek. And so Deirdre, the mural, she goes, there's a guy over there. And so I go over and, and I show him the mural and I go, hey, you know, and then he recognized me and he goes, oh, and he was so cute. And he's like taking pictures and he went home. I had never met him before. We're on the train and he went home and he donated a thousand dollars to the mural. Wow. Wow. I mean, it's just been I mean, I could go on and on. I mean, I could take hours telling you. I remember so many interactions with him. And then, of course, in Paris, when we went to Paris, mm-hmm. uh, being, there were always there was always a crowd outside the hotel, night and day. <laughs> and they were so polite and so sweet. They it would be raining. They'd have their umbrellas out. Um, and I, you know, the cast has always been very grateful and interacts with the fans and so does Lana and and so um I remember going out and and there were a lot of young people and there they some of them were like the age that I was when I lived there because I grew up in France I went to school in Paris I moved there when I was 14 14. so I I speak speak fluent French and I went to French schools and they were like, you speak French? So I'm like, yeah, yeah. So, but I remember telling them, and somebody posted it on Twitter, I think. It was a little video clip. It's just telling them the, and this is true. And I felt this every time I, I had interactions with the fans, online and, and physically, that I, I felt like you, they were all my children as Grace. Because so many people would go online and, and go, I need a hug from Amanita's mom. And I, you know, they just, and I just, just, oh my God, my heart just expanded. I just like, I just love you all. So I just feel that so profoundly. I uh, mean. You have so yeah. many virtual hugs coming back at you right now. As I'm yeah, sure every great. person that listens to this is. <laughs> I'll take them. Take the hugs. So. So I thank all the fans. I love you all. And just, um, and, and just hearing, I mean, this show has saved people's lives from what I've heard stories that people have shared. And so, I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm all for saving lives. (laughs) And also, yeah, just the whole, here I am going on and on again. You know, there was a time when the whole, you know, the whole transgender thing was coming out and I didn't have a full understanding, you know, wow. At first, it really flipped my mind around. I mean, it, it was like, okay, and I could never live with this kind of person, never live with that, that all taught me that that's not true. I said I could never have an 18 year old 
boy living with me. <laughs> you know, I just wouldn't want. And I had two, and they were like the best. They were like, I mean, so I just constantly kept proving me wrong. Oh, well, well, you know, I'm hearing all of these lessons, uh, life lessons uh, from the show, from just life, from experiences. Um, and I sort of have it's basically a two-parter question for you. Um, if you could condense the message of Sensate down into a single sentence, what would it be? And then what would you say if you were advising uh, a sensei, what would you, what wisdom would you impart? Just like Grace imparted wisdom, what, what wisdom would you impart onto a sensei and onto society as a whole? Wow. <laughs> In one sentence? <laughs> <laughs> That's easy, right? Think of that. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I would, I would say actually the the sentence, the quote in the mural is really it. I'm not just a me, I'm also a we. That pretty much sums it up. We are all one. We are all connected. Even people we may not like or may not understand. And I'm struggling that with that myself right now. So I feel like uh, we cannot go much further without addressing our mural project. Hey, everybody, we have decided to alter our podcast just a little bit here. Some information that we recorded previously no longer works for us. So we've brought back Maximilian to help us chat about what is going on with the mural project and how things have occurred the last week or so. So I want to say thank you so much for coming back to join us and taking the opportunity to explain to fans what happened. And before we even begin, I just want to give you my biggest apologies for what happened. I wish you all could see the look on her face right now because I feel as though she feels the heartbreak of the entire cluster with what happened right now. So thanks for coming on and please share with us what you will. Thank you, Heaven. Thank you so much. And yes, it's been very, very difficult on my end and all of our ends. So I feel everybody's pain. So we, as most people know at this point, we had to cancel the project. Uh, we had had some delays already. We had been scheduled to start it on the 15th. And as it was getting as of last week we still didn't have any clear path forward and came to the difficult decision that we needed to cancel so i'm going to try and start from the beginning the problems that we came up against had to do with business liability and insurance so at the beginning Deirdre and I didn't, you know, we, neither of us had ever done this before, raised funds on Kickstarter, anything like this. She's painted murals, been hired by people to paint murals, but never been the main designer and person who hires other people and any of that. So we had a verbal agreement, a verbal agreement to, that she would work on the murals, she would design the murals, she would hire all the people, she would you know, the money would go to her to make this happen. I wasn't going to get any money. This was just a labor of love on my part to bring people together. And then my collaboration was to help on Kickstarter. 
to help raise the funds because if Deirdre had done it on her own, she didn't have access to all this, these people that I do. So, so that was our agreement. When you have an agreement like this, we unknowingly fell into what's called, it is called a business relationship or a de facto partnership. Neither of us realized that's what we were doing, that this was a business. But when you've got, and it became clear actually a little bit later. So all business relationships in the United States carry liability risks. And they're usually minimized by buying general liability insurance, okay, and sometimes other kinds of insurance. And they that, was, that will pay for a business-related bodily injury, such as we had with the scaffolding that was going to be 30 feet high, hiring other people. There's cars below. There's people walking around it, falls, property damage, possible property damage, even accidental copyright infringements, which can happen because we learned even if you take a phrase that's similar, if you don't have written authorization, you can get sued. Now, I, because, well, I'll go in and fill the gaps, but let me just stick to what I'm saying. So we knew insurance was going to be required for, for the artists, the painters, scaffolding. We knew that. But once, and we were going to get that once we were fully funded. So once we were fully funded, we could go do that. Unbeknownst to me or any of us, the artists were not able to get adequate liability insurance coverage and their insurance would not cover me. I was unable to get any insurance because my job was fell into, it was in a legal limbo. I wasn't the artist. I wasn't, didn't hire her. I wasn't I wasn't making any money, but I was still the public face for it. Therefore, the risk fell on me as well. And I had no control over who she hired, what insurance they had, any of that. So I was unable to get my own insurance. I said, we, okay, we got to slow this down. I have to see how, what I can do because. I could have been at risk of losing my home, you know, if something happened. When you've got this scaffolding and everything, and it's it just got, I we didn't realize that getting the right insurance was going to be this difficult. So acceptable risk for you, like, yeah. Like, so, um, so I got legal advice. I spent fifteen hundred dollars of my own money <laughs> to get legal advice. I did so. What after a lot of back and forth and a lot of, you know, going over all the facts that we were facing, it was decided that I should form my own LLC or limited liability corporation, because when you do that, then you can get general liability insurance that will cover you under this. My homeowner's insurance, my umbrella insurance would not cover me on this because this had nothing to do, wasn't on my property Yeah, it didn't have to do with my car, my house or anything like that. So I started that process. I started that process. But before 
you even do, do an LLC, you have to make sure that you're going to be able to get the, the liability insurance for that LLC. Well, the LLC that I was going to be able to form, I, I feel, okay, well, what am I? What is my business? I would be a, a project coordinator or something. That was the closest I could come up with. And my lawyer helped me word it in such a way that insurance, you know, it was going to be difficult to find insurance because it's an odd job. But to, to, to make it so that I would be insurable. I wrote it up, sent it to a number of different insurance companies, some who work with artists, specialize in different kinds of jobs. They couldn't they they didn't have a policy for me. Because my this was it was an odd job. It was just it's wish for short term. There's just no market for it. So, you know, unless this is something I did all the time, all the time, you know, and you know, but it's not. Let me see. I wrote this all down. So I didn't fall into a nice, neat, typical category for insurance purposes. So on top of that. One of the delays that we had also was I was advised legally how important it was to get written authorization to use the quote, to use if we're going to put sensei, even the likeness of the actors, the characters. So I started asking around and one one of the one of the backers was someone I met at Pride. And he worked for Netflix. I think I told you guys this. The one on the train, I believe. Yes. Yeah. And he donated a big chunk to the campaign. So I called him and I said, wait, I need to get authorization for this. How do I do it? So he, you know, searched for me. And finally, I got a hold of somebody. Well, it's really complicated. A company bought the right. One company caught the right bought the rights to season one, all of season one. And that's the season that had that quote. So I had to contact that person. He was in India. He was like, so I'm like, finally, I was able to reach his office. I talked to people there. I've sent emails. I still haven't gotten a response. But once we decided that this, the delay was going to just keep, we just didn't know. We had, it was unknown how long this was going to take. I, I stopped pursuing it when we realized we were probably going to have to cancel. And um, but I, I believe eventually I would have gotten it. I would have had to contact all the agents of the different actors. And, and then I still hadn't found the right one for Sense8. I was getting closer. But it's like it's all broken up because I think the Wachowskis sold the rights to it's just very complicated. So so we were still waiting on that. But we so we hit a time shortage because with all these unknown delays and not knowing how long it was going to take to solve this, we found out that we had if we didn't refund the money within 60 days of having raised it all, we were not going to be able to use Kickstarter's platform which means we would have lost our connection with all the backers and the accounts that are all connected to the project account. And we would have had to laboriously contact each one, 293 people all over the world and personally find a way to refund each person. It would have been a humongous amount of work. Absolutely. So, so because of that, these unknown delays, 
we we came to this very 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 difficult decision and it was absolutely heartbreaking and what i want to say is that i i still have faith in this dream of murals sensate murals all over the world we at least know what not to do <laughs> you know this if you're going to do this in the united states and I learned later that on Kickstarter, people and all these blogs that I read after that say they highly recommend that parties form an LLC. That's the first thing, which we should have done from the beginning. You need a written contract it needs to be really, really clear. And um, the LLC will allow you to get that kind of insurance or Work, well, first of all, form an LLC together, then find a nonprofit like a mural organization. They're all over. And you must sign, go to them and say, we have this project. We would like you to take it on for us. And then they because they then you, they, you sign a contract with them. Then if to raise money, they they could they could be the um creators on kickstart like the intermediary that has well, they, there can only be one creator on kickstart so that person you know is is the main person you can't have more than one person i don't even know i don't think you can even have a company name it has to be one person hmm. so so i mean yeah so but if i were to do this all over again that's what i would do there there is a nonprofit here that I had looked into using prior to, it would have been more expensive. It would have been at least $25,000. And I don't know if we could have done that, you know, or people, you know, that's a lot of money. And if we're going to do them all over the world, you know, but you really need to do research, 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 wherever you are, this, you know, find out what permits you need. We, this was going to be a, an easier route because Deirdre was independent. She was not under any organization. Um, we had, a pro the wall was on private property. We didn't need permits. We didn't, but if you're on a wall, a, a wall on a public street, where there's a lot of traffic, then you need to go through all that, get permits. But we didn't need that. So it was able to keep costs down. People wonder why so expensive? Why $15,000? Well, the re reason is insurance. That's one of the big things. You cannot do this kind of job unless you have general liability insurance. Mm -hmm. I cannot say that enough. Especially, especially, if you're going to have scaffolding or situations where say, if you do something on a smaller scale, maybe where it's low down, then maybe not. But even, even the murals in San Francisco that are done by nonprofits who they get volunteers and do, okay, they, they have, they have umbrella jerks for everybody, mm. everybody. So it's just, became with the delays and not having the time to get to to know when this was going to get solved 
we we had to make that difficult decision. And I think that 60 day mark is something big that probably most backers didn't know about that you had a, a very limited amount of time to make this decision and not knowing how long the insurance process would take. You can't lose your house over this year. It was amazing enough of you to be the front face of this project and to get the word out as much as you did. I'm still really incredibly proud of you and the Sensies for having made it this far. And I really think that despite the fact that this one had to be canceled, you've paved the way for more murals. Uh, speaking with Susanna that helped with your uh, Kickstarter project, she's mentioned that she's already a part of planning for Barcelona and for Porto. And she's posted messages such that I can assure you that these new murals we are taking uh, into production seriously to avoid backlash. The, um, the fact that it is set to be in Europe also means we may not face some of the issues that interfered with the San Francisco mural. But they, they're able to learn from what happened here and move forward um, with more knowledge behind them than they had before. So, you know, this is still in my eyes, you still paved the way and made a stepping stone for another mural to happen. And I really still, really still feel as though one will happen somewhere else. And Thank you. Over. Thank you. And I feel the same way. I'm still incredibly optimistic about it. I, I, there's always a silver lining. I feel that this did pave the way so that others don't make these mistakes. Exactly. You know, some people might have chosen to go through with it anyway. To hell with it, you know. But I had too much to lose. <laughs> Maybe somebody who doesn't, you know. You know, a lot of artists are not great business people. <laughs> it's not, yeah. you know, it's not something we think about or even want to do. And I've learned that as an actor as well. You have to be, you have to learn the business, you know. Yeah. So... And we don't want to. We resist. We're artists. Ah, I'm not a business person, you know, but but um, so I also want to say about about Susanna, because uh, evidently I misunderstood something she told me because when I spoke to her, she I understood her to say that they had already somehow raised seven thousand euros for the project hmm. when I, I spoke to her personally or somewhere. And I think I put that in the update on, on, on the, when, on the cancellation update. And she wrote to me today and said that that was a misunderstanding because people think that, and that's not the case. She meant that that's what it was going to cost for the walls. I don't know how I got that wrong, but I did. So I'm I want to take that back. They haven't raised any money yet for it. Thanks for clearing that up. I know yeah. our human memories are not perfect. So hopefully, I believe you can be forgiven for such a misunderstanding. Um, Susanna has, she has let us know too afterwards. She posted in some Facebook pages and on Twitter that they haven't raised any money yet. And I think maybe it's just me and my personal opinion. I feel like that's a small detail. No, they haven't raised money yet, but yeah. they will as soon as they are ready. And while yeah. she isn't ready to share information yet, she has assured us that she will as soon as she can. Yeah, she was very inspired by this whole 
whole thing project and it was just wonderful because she has all these connections with street artists and all over Europe. So I I am certainly willing to talk to people if they have questions and, and share more what I learned with them, especially in the United States and Europe. I don't know because of different laws. I would imagine there are laws there too. So don't, I suggest don't make assumptions that it's going to, that there aren't here and there. You really, really need to find out. And on a project this size, you need to do everything by the book. You really, really do. And um, I guess I, you know, I think the, the first mistake was not understanding that we were forming a business relationship just by a verbal agreement. And a lot of people fall into that unknowingly. <laughs> so it, it so. sounds so simple, but I think you're right. You know, it's you have a good idea and you share it with somebody and it sounds great and you want to move forward. Right. And there was all this excitement and passion about it. And it was just everything was going forward. The, the design, the muralist, the wall, it was like everything was going I get chills just thinking about it. And I still get chills thinking about this project because when I called Susanna to tell her, she, well, this is a little bit off the book, but remember I was going to get, um, I was trying to reach the four non-blondes to perform that dedication. I got, found one, Shauna Hall, who was going to do it. And she went to Europe and I, and she was going to Portugal. So I put her in touch with Susanna. When I called Susanna, well, I had just texted Shauna to tell her that the project had been canceled. And she happened to be having lunch with Susanna at that very moment. <laughs> and they were starting to brainstorm. How are going to know that? How is it? And even Shauna said, there will be a mural. She has no doubt. I love hearing that. That's just so cool. <laughs> so keep the faith. This is a silver lining. It's it will keep, you know, no damage happened. Nobody was hurt. Nobody, you know, so and I do also want to say that Deirdre and I both put in money ourselves to make sure everybody gets refunded 100 percent because some money had already been spent on things. And you so, to do that for us. And I think we wanted to make you great. whole. And and we did have, by the way, have you gotten your refund yet? I gotten an email that I would get it, but it said it could take up to 10 days to show. Oh, okay. Okay. And I can't speak for everybody, of course, but the money that was raised through uh, Heaven Healing since eight pins, I'm going to save that money that was refunded and put it towards the other murals. And great. I know are other people that are doing the same thing so yeah I I do I just have heard that a lot of people are very disheartened and afraid to donate to another project because they're afraid this is going to happen and and I mean we were we refunded everybody but maybe not everybody would be in the position to do that to refund all the money Mm -hmm. so so that's why it really do your homework beforehand. And Kickstarter is a good platform, but they have terrible cost, you know what, communication to get answers to anything. They're, it's 
it's really difficult. Most of the information we got was through blog posts and, you know, people have written books on pro- how to do projects on, on Kickstarter. And neither of us had done this before. This was a learning curve for both of us. And a lot of blood, sweat and tears went into it. And it was so I said, and as I said in one message, it's um, it was a labor of love, but it is not a love labors lost, which is a Shakespeare play. It just it's not all is not lost. No, but we I think it's fun to repeat what Lana said to us in Chicago that she will never give up on love because I don't think we will either. And this project is love and it's the expression of and art is love made public and it will continue to do so. You know, and I also just want to say maybe there's a way for people to do simpler designs. Keep it simple. You know, if if we if maybe even I'm just thinking maybe even a there should be an organization made for Sensate murals and anybody involved can be part, included in that. And they, that organization can get the rights to, I am also we, and just use that sentence all over the world in translated in different languages. Maybe that's a good you know, idea. Keep it simple. And, and on a smaller scale, that might that, that might not involve insurance problems, right. you know? <laughs> yeah, if you, <laughs> you don't know what I mean. A three-story scaffolding, perhaps there's less well, for people to get hurt. Well, exactly. The not, good thing about having something up high is that people can't graffiti over it, or you know. Uh, oh, right. Up, you know. Yeah, yeah. But well, they, I feel like. I feel like we've come to a different place now. I really am grateful that you took the time to come share with us in this manner. And we're really grateful to be able to share the information with everybody else. And hopefully we can ease some minds and settle some hearts uh, and know that we're not done fighting for a mural. Even if it can't be in San Francisco, there's going to be one somewhere else at some point. And we are learning from our mistakes as we move forward. And I, I'm, my eyes are open. I, I have mural on the brain now. So I, everywhere I go, I look at walls now and I inquire and I'm going to keep doing that. I'm going to keep, so if there's anybody in San Francisco still wants to do it, I highly recommend go to Presida Eyes. They'll do it. You know, if you keep it simple, can keep the cost down there you go still gonna inquire or maybe i was also thinking maybe like college city college at san francisco art department if the city college could maybe offer a wall and this would be a project for the students great idea and they would have the insurance so there are other ideas out there to do this and i'm getting chills again because i get excited about it but i have to just I've got to decompress from all of this because at the same time we had to, we found out we had to cancel a project. I had to have my beautiful dog put down unexpectedly oh. and I lost another friend all in the same week. A friend who just who died of some bizarre disease caused by a tick bite or rodents or something. It was just, weird 
just really weird. What a week you have had. It was, it was pretty, pretty intense. I just got my dog's ashes yesterday. Oh, I'm, I'm so sorry. I know both Kelsey and I are, are big pet lovers as well too. And I know what it's like to lose a member of your family like that. You know, they don't have to be human for it to be super sad. No, not at all. So do you have any other questions for me? I I feel like the biggest question people wanted to ask was what were the liability issues? Like, what does that mean? And I feel like you've sufficiently answered that question. Scaffolding for sure. Mm -hmm. Scaffolding for sure. The hiring of other people and the fact that they were not, they did not even have adequate insurance. You know, because then you get into, are they an independent contractor or are they, you know, 1099? You know, there's all these, there's a whole other set of laws that come in there. You, they should have, if they're not employed by you, they're not your employees. So they're independent contractors. They have, and independent contractors cannot get workers' compensation. So they have to buy their own insurance and they cannot get general liability. They can only get it for third party. Like if they drop something on someone's head or something, or it just, it's just like, poof. The more, the more we found out, the more we knew there was to learn. It's like, think of Grace's thing. There's more going on in this world that we don't understand than all the things that we do. And the more we started learning, the more there was, was to know. And it just kept uncovering more unknowns. That is the perfect quote to end with. Absolutely. I think you hit the nail on the head in in life and in amazing projects such as this. There's a lot more that we don't know than that we do. But now we do know more. And yes. thanks so much for sharing it with us. Thank you for answering all the questions. And, and I think you honestly put people's hearts at ease with here's what happened. And this is not the end. And we thank you for that. Thank you. You know, I would like to use the, maybe the, um, once I have more time, because now I'm going into the mural, but to use the, the Facebook page, um, it was San Francisco Sensate Mural, can start on that. And that could be kind of a meeting place for people to talk about where they're doing, doing murals or some, something like that. You know, that's, that's a great idea. idea. Yeah, so, so everybody can go there to, or, or we can make a new page for just Sense8 murals. Um, yeah, Sense8 murals, period. Um, but I really do want that to happen. It's very exciting. So, one of the ideas had, we were, we raised actually some more than we originally, what our goal was. Our goal was 15,000. We got almost 16,000. Yeah. So uh, there's been discussion about what to do with that extra money. Now, in reality, we really don't know how fully. There's not going to be all that much left over because, you know. I was wondering, there's always snafus. She, you know, she thinks we're going to have some money over. But I said, you know. It can go really fast. There's a lot we still don't know. You know, different expenses can come up, or we just don't know. So, uh, but but our plan is that 
if that money is not needed, and we hope really to be able to use it to donate that to the next mural. That's Ooh. great. I was but thinking- it, is, it is complicated because Zira, it's going to affect her taxes, her tax oh, She has to pay taxes on this money. And so it's right. a really big job pay, paying the painters and buying the supplies. And so it's just, it's been a learning curve for both of us. Neither of us really knew what we were getting into. So, um, <laughs> to me, it makes yeah. sense that you keep the funds until the project's over because any project has snafus come up in it. Like you said, you don't right. necessarily know everything that's going to happen in the next month or two. So, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. So our original idea for that extra money was that at Carol at the Lennon Studios they have another wall in another um, on another street hmm. that we could have done, but instead the discussion came up that it would be better to use that extra money for a one somewhere else in another country because we're trying to you know we don't need to get greedy here and have two in one place so so that's what we decided if if it's available but if we need it to complete what we started. I'm hoping the fans will understand, and but we'll we don't know we'll we'll let that be known as we go, right? But so. that that completely makes sense using the funds okay. that were given to that mural to help yeah. that mural mural come to its its finished product. So right, right. yeah. I, <laughs> so I'm still working really hard. I'm not just I'm not I'm not getting paid for anything. This has just been a labor of love on my part. All my work has just been, I'm just donating it. And it's been a lot of work. And I'm working behind the scenes to, um, you know, I'm like even talking like with Trader Joe's. They're, they're going to um, give us the food for the part for the celebration. What? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm trying to, you know, work with businesses so that, you know, Deirdre has more money to work with. I am just so impressed um, with you and Deirdre and Susanna and everybody who's been involved in this, all of the senses that have taken the time to even share a retweet thing. I know not everybody has the funds to donate monetarily. So everybody from the support up to you actually doing all of the groundwork and for nothing but the love of it. It's really, really amazing and really touching. And it's just so appreciated. I, it, it's, I'm so impressed. <laughs> Thank, you. Thank you. I feel like you're, just, yeah, go ahead. in your uh, Live Sense 8 podcast, you very briefly mentioned something about wanting to do, I don't know if it was a movie or a series about your family of some capacity. Like, uh-huh. And that um, sparked my interest a little bit. Is there, is that a project that's in the works? Yeah, well, I'm glad you asked that. Um, it's something I've been wanting to for years. Uh, of course, other things keep <laughs> popping up that take my attention. <laughs> um, yeah, I, 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 of course, you know, our families in, inform us. I mean, that's, you know, we talked about meet mom and meet. And then so I, my biggest role model in my life was my mother, who was mm. an incredible person. And then, She's been gone since 2001. Um, and I, even though I had, it was, we all have issues with our parents, our mom. And it was, when I look back, my, my mom just was such an inspiration to me, even though she was a difficult mother. <laughs> she was a difficult, yeah, because she was an artist. I didn't, 
you know, I wanted more of her. Mm -hmm. Get it. So that gave, you know, was a struggle. So, but anyway, um, so I have three generations of family letters going back from great grandparents, great grandparents, all this correspondence from like the 1800s to, to my mother and her brother. And then also from my mother to me and my sister all through our lives. These wow. incredible correspondence. My mother was a writer also. She was a painter, a writer, and a dancer, ballet dancer, and actress. So these letters are quite fascinating. And there was a lot of, a lot of, there's a drama in every family, but there was a lot of drama in this. And my sister is also an artist and she did a whole installation about, about, that had to do with our, father i mean our family um our, yeah so it's it's just really really interesting and i want it there's so much information in that letters and i just want to get them all and i haven't read them all but i have sat with them at times and i've pulled out letters like one from my grandfather who i had always learned was not a very nice person mm-hmm. and i get this letter and it was written to my mom after she lost her first child who was born dead I would have had an older sister, two years older. Oh. And I'm reading this letter, and it was full of just this incredible advice to my mom. And it was just what I needed to hear, actually, you know, about dealing with our anger and forgiveness and love. And, and it was like, this is from my grandfather, this guy who just has this terrible reputation. <laughs> and so it was just really interesting. And I just thought, so I want to write... I want to write. I want to either do a play or something. I'm not sure how it's going to develop yet. That sounds so interesting to me, especially (laughs) since we spoke earlier about everybody being on their phones and not paying attention to the people in front of you. So we're communicating way more, but not necessarily as in-depth as perhaps we were before. Um, It's, you know, hellos and emojis and stuff like that, but we're maybe not getting into nitty gritty important things all the time like these letters clearly have done. So I think that's it's really neat history that you have there to be able to share a bit of truth and history together. Well, it's also another way that we're all connected, even the dead and the light. I mean, we have to learn from our history. We have to stand on the shoulders of giants. Everybody who's come before us has brought us to where we are today. Mm-hmm. So we're connected to those people too. And it's important to remember that. And Lana talks about that as well. You know, that, you know, she always, uh, she, she liked her privacy. She wanted to stay anonymous, but she came out because she, she wanted to honor those who came before her who made it possible for her to do what she does. And be open and honest. And in turn, she's inspiring more people to do the same. Exactly. And that's really powerful. I mean, back in time, did you ever see the movie The Danish Girl? I haven't, no. I'm going to write that it's down. A, it's, it's about the first transgender woman, first tra- male who, who went through a transgender surgery to be a woman. It was the first person to go through the surgery. Mm. And she died. And it's with... Eddie Redmayne, he won an Academy Award for his role. Uh-huh. Really good. Highly recommend that movie. I definitely have that one. 
Yeah. So there's a lot, there's so much, so much to learn, so much to learn. You know, I mean, this battle, you know, of demonizing people who are different, other, it goes way back. And we have to learn from our history totally. And it's like, it's a lot. Kind of like, did you ever see the Wachowski's Cloud Atlas? I remember feeling as though I liked it twice as much the second time I watched it. Yeah, me too. It's com- confusing. You have, but it's um, one of the, the guy who wrote that book was one of the writers for season two. No, I, he, uh, for the finale. I mean, and he was in the show. It just makes so much sense that that movie came before Sense Eight. You can see so much yeah. of one in the other. That so is- they had these souls across time and reincarnated or you know it was different from the book from what I understand but but uh yeah we're all connected past and future and the only way we about the sensate I wanted to get back to that question about living the sensate life did I answer all the portions of Uber's did you condense can you could you condense it into one sentence Oh, <laughs> the sentence is, I am not just, it's, it hurts. I am not just a me, I'm also a we. To me, that's, that, that says it all, really. Um, but living a sensate life, ah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yay. But uh, living a sensate life, and I talked about this with Sheila for me. Well, it's just, I, sensate has really informed me in how I treat other people, how I, my family, how I communicate, how I think. Um, and I realized for me, my political work is very sensate because I'm working with love, spread the love, spread the help, support, help. We're all in this together, whether you know someone or not, you know, that, so to me, that's very sensate and, and it's really, really important. And um, that, I don't want to, you may have other questions, but I do want to end our conversation on that a little bit. But, but I like it. There. there is no way nope. that you can affect the change that you're talking about without getting to the polls and voting for the people that you want to see in office to affect the change that you want to see in the world. So that's exactly right. And what I did want to say in the end is I want to tell everybody, everybody who loves Sense8, you know, please vote. If you're not registered to vote, and if you don't know if you're registered to vote, make sure you're registered. And I have some information for you. And once you register, because a lot of people register, but they don't vote. You have to vote. Every vote counts. We've seen that. There was an election recently, I forget which state, where it was one vote away. One vote. It was a Republican. The Democrat had one extra vote, so it went for a recall. They did it again. She still came out one ahead. <laughs> and so in this state legislature, when if that happens, they do like basically a coin toss. They did the coin toss and then the Republican one. If people out there think that just one vote doesn't make a difference, uh, Maximilian and I are here to tell you that is not the case. <laughs> Please. <laughs> so if you move, when you move, you have to re-register. So a lot of people don't know that as well. 
So you can all check with your uh, check to see if you're registered. You can go to vote.gov or, or HTTPS colon forward slash forward slash www.vote.gov or I, I can put all these out. Maybe I should just put it up like that <laughs> so you can see. Well, oh, it's backwards. Unfortunately, we won't be showing our oh, right. uh, our fans uh, the video, but we can absolutely add some links when we get this posted, so, so it's easy to find so for folks. Right. You want me to send you those links? Sure. Yeah. I sure. send you the links. And one thing Another I good one is rockthevote.org. For young people, it it's it, it gives a lot of information. There's if you're and you can register absentee, which I always recommend because you never know what's going to come up on Election Day. If you get stuck in traffic or you're sick and you can't get to the polls, if you have a a, if you vote by mail, you can you can send it before. That's what I do as well. I highly recommend it to anybody. Most of us work. Most of us have lives um, that don't necessarily give us the time to go vote on any given day during the week. But absentee ballot makes it possible and you can take your time answering your questions. Exactly. And there's been a number of times when, you know, because I do a lot of phone banking, I call and, and even on election day, I'll call and it's like, People say, oh, I'm too busy. I can't go vote. And I'm going, <laughs> it takes five minutes. But that's like, that's why you want to do, um, you know, do a vote by mail. But um, so that is my biggest thing. Please, please vote if you're, if you, and register. Make sure you're registered first and be informed. You know, learn about your candidates, learn about the issues. Um, that's website rockthevote.org talks about that, the issues a lot. And just, you know, it, it's it, because it does affect our lives personally. It affects our lives. And I do want to share one last story about it. When I was in college, I always voted from the time I was 18, always, because I'm a bleeding heart. <laughs> you know, I just, I'm always. <laughs> But I wasn't really that informed. I didn't have a TV. I didn't read the news. I was busy learning, you know, what I had to learn. And I was learning about what it, what, who I was and, you know, all that. So I didn't think politics had anything to do with me until about a decade later. I was married. I was backpacking with my husband and he brought all these books with him backpacking. And I just laughed. Who brings books backpacking? <laughs> But so we were in the tent one day and he was reading. And so I said, okay. So I picked up one of his books and it was called Missing, which was about the disappearance of an American journalist in Chile in 1972 with the overthrow of um, the elected president, um, Allende. And uh, I was so shocked when I read this. I said, how could this happen? How could... We helped overthrow a democratically elected president. And, 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 and we, I mean, it was social. And then our government at the time was responsible and knew that they, they, they disappeared an American journalist who was murdered, killed, like they did a lot of people. Because our government was involved in overthrowing this president and killed him because they didn't want the story to come out that America was involved. And I was like, how can this happen? How come I didn't know about it? Where was I? And I'm realizing 
I wasn't paying attention. I didn't know. So I said, I can't do that anymore. I, I was so stunned by it. I was crying. I'm walking on the trail reading this book. You know? <laughs> and I'm going into, we go into restaurants and I'm crying. And the waitress comes no. and says, it's not you, it's me. <laughs> so, so I just, that was it. I said, I can never be in the dark again. And I went home and started volunteering working for the nuclear freeze and, and, and learning and informing myself what was going on because these decisions do affect our lives. Not, you know, also locally affects our lives, you know, but our education, our, you know, um, just how different people are treated and I mean, everything it it does. Absolutely. I mean, uh, no matter what political affiliation you are, the request to vote is out there for everybody, for every single person. Um, if you're in the U.S., especially here, we have, I'm sure we have, and we know we have a few listeners outside the U.S., so I'm not sure what voting system everybody has. But if you do have the ability to vote, it is your privilege to do so. And, and people have died for the right to vote. Absolutely. So a lot yeah. of people think it doesn't make a difference. They don't think their voice will be heard. Um, but you have to do it anyway. You have to do it anyway. Take some advice from Wolfie because fear never fixed anything. Right. (laughs) Don't be, don't be afraid that your voice will not be heard. It's, it's worth it. Well, it it. certainly won't be heard if you don't vote. That's for sure. Nice. Well, unless there's anything else you want to share with us, I feel like we came to a good wrap up point. I think so. Well, if there's anything else you want to know, you can ask, me later but um yeah so thank you so much i'm sure as soon as we hang up i'll think of four things i wish i would have said to you you can always call me back and i guess you could add it if you want oh you're so sweet i honestly i did want to share i'm just looking oh you yeah. see this painting behind me yeah i love it yeah. i remember it from your uh kickstarter video Yes. Yeah. So that was a painting my mother did. And when I first saw it, she did it years ago. And when I was um, being interviewed by the casting director in L.A. for Sense8, I just suddenly thought, I took this as a sign because it looks like Lana. (laughs) 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 It doesn't. I mean, it, it. yeah. The, the red her hair kind of almost locks. looks like in dreads even yeah exactly <laughs> that's so great. I was like that was another sign for me <laughs> you know sometimes the universe speaks so. to you in funny ways right yeah <laughs> we just have to listen we have to We're- listen well Miss <laughs> Million thank you so much for being here with us today thank you for sharing about the mural for um, sharing about your personal life the stories of what you're doing in the future uh thanks so much for being here we can't wait to see what you have coming for us and the updates you have for the mural and other things i do have one other thing to add please Um, there is a a film that will be coming out in 2019 that i have that i'm in um it's called the last black and in san francisco Mm -hmm. um danny glover is going to be in it um so and that's about the housing crisis in San Francisco, but I, it's going to be really good, I think. So 
keep an eye out for that. Um, Absolutely. Thank you for bringing it to my attention. So we'll go ahead. Uber, anything else you would like to throw in there? No, just thank you. I, I feel blessed to have uh, have this chance to chat with you. And uh, thank you for sharing your time with us. Thank you so much. And um, also because you've donated, uh, I think, do, isn't one of your rewards that you get another, yeah. you get a Q&A with me or something. So if there's more questions, you can talk about it then. Keep them written down. Um, <laughs> yeah. Thank you both so much, Heaven and Uber. Right? Heaven? My heaven. Not Heather. Heaven. As a matter of fact, my uh, given name is Heather, and uh, my gifted name, I call it, is Heaven. About 75% of my friends call me Heaven. So one or the other, they both work. (laughs) What a great name. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Heaven. It's a great name. Thank you. There's- so thank you. It's been heavenly. <laughs> and, You're too cute. <laughs> and uh, oh yeah. You just listened to the podcast Nerds of the Hub, produced, recorded, and edited by the TV Series Hub team. If you want to read TV and film-related articles, reviews, and more, go to www.tvserieshub.tv. Also, follow us on Twitter and check our Facebook page, both at TV Series Hub. Send us a message. No, proudly.